This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Steve Sparky, 5 or 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful, lovely Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, make sure to go to 1250amthefan.com. Check out all the interviews I do throughout the course of the week, doing weekly interviews now. If you're a Brewers fan with Tim Dillard, Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst, uh, those get posted on uh, Tuesday nights, Wednesday mornings. If you want to get some Brewers baseball take in there for you, people that are looking for a Brewers podcast right now. Uh, my guy, Nathan Marzian, a Bucks super fan. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian, also super Marquette fan. It's hilarious when I talk to people about this podcast. Oh, you got that Marquette guy on. Yeah, I got the Marquette guy on. I'm proud of my guy, Nathan Marzian. On. Who said that? Oh, I get it all the time. Oh, yeah, he's the big Marquette fan. That's, that's how everybody always says. Every time I break up Nathan Marzian, oh, yes, the big Marquette guy. You're more to be the Marquette guy with people I talk to than you are to be the actual Bucks guy, which is absolutely yeah. hilarious to me, which is but pretty the thing is, it, That's the thing is like 90, I wouldn't say 90, but 75 to 80% of my content is Bucks. But yet there's the people that just, they can, they, they just latch on to the fact that I'm a Marquette fan. I hate the Badgers and I like the Cubs. And they just, and even though that's like a pretty small portion of what I actually put out there. Right. That's what, that's what they just, that's what they latch onto. And that's why they're like, I hate him because of that. And whatever, that's fine. Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. All right. So uh, first topic uh, we're going to start off with, what are your thoughts on Yas's take on the MVP award? Now let's start here. This is a a great uh, interview uh, with Chris Haynes uh, in Bleacher Report. Uh, what was it? Uh, yesterday, I guess it was, or the day before, April 9th. Uh, so l- I'm going to read you the quotes from Giannis uh, within this side, this thing. Uh, and they get into the talking about, uh, like I said, the MVP award. Giannis, quote, look, I'll never try to create a narrative about the work I put in. And maybe uh, that might hurt me because I believe the last five years I've been the MVP. Uh, I Do I want a third MVP? Hell yeah, I want a third one. He actually swore, but I'm gonna, I'm not going to swear in this. I'm extremely competitive. I try to make my team successful, said Giannis. That's what I get paid for. That's what I'm here for. I'm never going to be one who discredits anybody else's work. That's not who I am as a person. I will never beg for an MVP award that I believe I deserve. I'm very proud that I'm able to play at an MVP level because that means I'm making my team very successful. That's the goal. Now, I, I let's stop there. There's more quotes, and we'll get to the rest of them here. I agree that at this point of his career, there is no need to beg for an MVP award, okay? Because he's already got multiple. He's got defensive player of the year. He's got a championship ring. He's got everything the man could possibly want at this point. Now, obviously, you want more, right? Because you want to be considered the greatest of all time. So more MVP awards, the better. More championships, the better to be in that conversation when your career is over. But what I do love, and he's always been consistent on this, Nathan, is his whole thing of it's about the team first. It's about the team goals. 
And I think as a Bucks fan or an NBA fan, you have to appreciate that about Giannis. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's there's not a single player in the NBA that doesn't want to win MVP, that doesn't want to win awards and isn't happy to win awards. Like nobody, nobody just ignores it completely and says, I don't care about it at all. Like anyone likes to get recognition. It's it's a good thing. There's, you know, they, they like that stuff. But there are guys that you can tell, you know, and I'm not gonna say they prioritize it over the team, but like it's it's near the same level where these guys care just as much about their own stats, their own accolades, and just getting their own as they do about the team winning and making their team better and all that. And, you know, Giannis has always said this where he's like, yeah, you know, I'd like to win it. I'm not going to act like I don't care at all, but ultimately it's about the team winning and I'd much rather my team be good. I'd much rather be making my team better. You know, he would a hundred times rather they win a title and he even, you know, and this is just completely hypothetical. If you gave Giannis the option, Hey, you can win a title and you're going to average eight points a game or, you're not going to win the title, but you're going to average 35 and win the MVP. He'd 100 times out of 100 take the title, and that's just who he is. And a lot of guys, like a lot of superstars would not do that genuinely. Like they wouldn't actually say that. And, yeah, it's absolutely something to just be proud of and be happy that this dude plays for our team. And, you know, that you never have to worry about him putting himself above the team ever and getting, you know, too big for the for the team or anything like that. Like that's what we always love about him, and we just don't have to worry about any of that, which is not the case for plenty of superstars out there. Uh, correct. Absolutely correct about that. All right, let's move on. Next, he has quote. Can I say this? Two of the MVPs I won in the last five years, those were my two worst seasons in that span, Giannis told Bleacher Report. Go pull up the stats, but it doesn't even matter. I've tried to avoid this conversation at all costs. I don't ever want to drive a narrative and have my kids seeing their father whining about an award because at the end of the day, it's all a part of history. I don't want to win that way. This is another part of Giannis. That is different from, I think, other athletes, maybe, at least publicly. He is very self-conscious about how this looks to his children, how this looks to his young kids who aren't old enough to know what the heck is going on right now. I mean, they're they're not comprehending anything that's really happening, but he's also self-aware enough to know that YouTube exists. All these podcasts are going to live forever, probably, right? So you can always go back and find what people were saying about my dad back in the day when he was playing. And those friends that are going to be mean and try and say something bad about your dad one way or the other, they're going to have the access to go try and dig up stuff on Giannis one way or the other. And he's to, to be thinking that far out as far as how this could come back on your kids or what your kids may think of you later. I don't think a lot of dudes think like that. I, I, I think a lot of dudes live in the now. Yes, they have kids, and yes, they're trying to be a great father figure to their their kids as they speak, but I don't think they're thinking about repercussions of what they say in the media or what they say after a game or in the locker room and then it leaks out into the media. I don't think they think about it from that perspective the way Giannis does, Nathan. Yeah, and this goes back to also, I mean, even how he wanted to win a title in Milwaukee. He wanted to do it a certain way he wanted like i think he prides himself on doing stuff you know excuse my language but like the badass way like he yeah. wants to do it without being the, a whiner without being a complainer and someone that's like you know again kind of coming off as it's all about me and you know again jumping ship to go play with two uh, like play with superstars and join some super team he wanted to he wants to do it the way that it's like no you know i'm gonna i'm gonna take this hard route i'm gonna he, he always says i see a wall i go through it i'm not gonna go around it i'm gonna go right through it and you know, he wants to like, you can tell, he, I think he kind of likes that 
you know, he's being forgotten a little bit. And it's like, he's going to really love down the road, you know, if it happens. And he, this is what he kind of said would, will happen is like, at some point you're going to just get to a point where it's like, this dude's still in the MVP conversation. Like, okay, like give another one. Cause he's just here every single year. And he wants that. Like he wants it to just be, everyone's almost tired of him. And it's like, you have no choice but to respect him. And that's just, I mean, that's how he was, you know, again, with, with staying in Milwaukee, winning a title here, it's like, you had no choice but to respect that. You had like, nobody could say anything about that because he didn't do it. any like, there was nothing he did wrong there. He did everything the right way. And he still won and he took the hard route. And that's just what he always likes to do. I think he just, I think he enjoys that challenge a little bit. And I think this is something else he'll kind of like, it's it just kind of a, a, a weird little like mid career challenge that he can almost trick himself into like, okay, like this is just another thing I got to prove to people. It's just, like, I got to, I got to go against all odds. You know, these these people want to just ignore me. I'm going to give them no choice, but to, but to basically respect me. And I believe he'll do it again. You know, it's interesting. You bring something up and I guess I hadn't really thought about it. And that's why I love doing these podcasts. Cause Marzian always brings up points. I don't, I don't necessarily think about day to day. What has been his biggest career flub? Has he had one to where you go? Okay. That was the best step or okay. That maybe was a misquote. I mean, the only thing I could think of, uh, is tackling the dude out of bounds in that Bulls playoff game. Uh, that was Dunleavy. Uh, and I, I enjoyed the hell out of that. I remember exactly where I was uh, when that whole thing went down uh, on top of everything else. I was at Q Club of Wisconsin, uh, and we were doing our draft show there, and the Bucks bulls playoff game was on, and I was watching that, and the Bucks were getting absolutely destroyed, if everybody remembers correctly. Uh, and Dunleavy, never really been a big fan of that dude to begin with. His dad, I I, I get along with him, I, whatever. So he gets tackled out of bounds by Giannis. That was probably the biggest flub or negative thing I can come up with Giannis of, okay, he probably would want that one back. He probably doesn't want that one on his record. But outside of that, like even in the media, I don't remember him ever like going the wrong way or going sideways and having to apologize or having to clarify or anything like that, Nathan. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, the only other thing is the latter thing from Philly this year, which it wasn't a big deal. Everyone blew that out of proportion. But, like, 
you could argue, okay, you know, if he could go back in time and redo that, he probably wouldn't have done it. Like, I don't think he wanted to disrespect anyone. He wasn't trying to come off that way, you know, but again, the, the Dunleavy thing, the funny part about that too is number one, the dude was 18 years old or whatever. Number two. So this isn't like he's some mature dude that should know better. Like right. he was 18. He was whatever. And the, the second thing is it had nothing to do with him personally. He was defending his teammate. I think it was MCW who got shoved by Dunleavy earlier and he was just getting back at like four. He was trying to back up Michael Carter Williams. And so it's like, even when he does something wrong, it's like, well, he was just standing up for his teammates. So you can't really get that mad at him. And it's right. Just, yeah. As you said, he, you know, I knock on wood that nothing ever happens, but like it, it's just, he doesn't ever really make any huge mistakes. He doesn't say anything controversial. Um, you know, he has funny quotes. He has stuff that, you know, gets attention, but it's not in any bad way. It's not like in any dad bad jokes, way. stuff like yeah, that, like stuff yeah. like that. And, um, you know, I, I, he's always, even, even when he could have been super cocky and super, and the funny thing is it's not even bad to be cocky. Like it, it, it can be, but it's not, if you deserve it, if let's say, you know, when he won that title, he could have just gone out and been like, you know, screw all of you, yada, 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 yep. and just really unleashed on everyone. And he still was like, you know, he, he, he had a little bit of like, yeah, we did it. But he still was kind of like, I'm not going to call myself the best. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that I'm I'm the best player in the world still. And it's like, dude, like you could have easily done. You could have easily just com- taken a completely different route. And he just never wants to do it. And again, part of that is he wants to always, you know, with calling other people the best player in the world and always taking that high route and always telling himself, no, I'm not the best. He said, like he, he needs that to motivate him. Otherwise, he's going to get like if you if you sit back and say, okay. Well, I've won a title. I've won MVP. I've won Defensive Player of the Year. I'm an MVP candidate every year. I've won a title. Most improved. Most improved. I'm pretty much regarded as the best player in the world. Like, what else do you have to prove? And you can, you can lower your guard a little bit, lower your motivation to get better and like make your team better and really keep going. Because it's like, well, we already we already won a title. You know, there's some guys that would just lose some of the motivation to do it again and say you know, I can live with one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go crazy trying to get a second one. And he's just not like that. And again, that's, what's the beauty of having him as your best player is you just know that, you know, it's Jordan esque where like, he's never satisfied. He's never going to stop finding ways to be competitive, right. and motivate himself. And even like, if he has to make stuff up, he'll make stuff up to just motivate himself. All right. Next one in the split report article with Chris Haynes, uh, Chris asked him, could there be voters fatigue when it comes to Giannis's candidacy? Ayana says, quote, maybe people are just tired of me. And look, I'll be tired of myself, too. I'm not going to lie. Mariah, my significant other, is tired of me, too. But at the end of the day, I will try to be consistent. I'll try to be as dominant as I can. I will try to help my team be as successful for as many years as I can. And in many years, as my legs allow me to be. Eventually, they're going to be like, man, give this guy this MVP because uh, he's still here. That's what's going to happen, end quote. And that's pretty much what you had brought up earlier uh, with inside of this article. And I don't know how this works as far as when he gets another one, because I feel like the Embiid thing is deserved. Like he's had a really good year. I'm not going to say Embiid hasn't had a good year, but I do feel like it's, well, he should have one. How does he not have one already? Let's give it to him. So once we get past this year of Embiid getting it, what who's the next guy then that they're going to try and lobby to get an MVP that doesn't have one? Like, who's the next guy that they're going to be like, okay, Joker's got a couple. Giannis has a couple. We just gave Embiid one last year. Who else deserves one? Or is it going to go back to, okay, 
time to give Giannis another one next year. You know, if he's balling out and and they're playing well, I feel like well, Embiid's probably going to win it this year. I feel like yeah, MB, or Giannis could be in a position unless I'm forgetting somebody here uh, where he could be the MVP again next year, and it's almost kind of written in stone before the season even starts, provided he's healthy. Yeah, the one the one guy that's been on my mind for a few years, but his team hasn't been good enough is Luca. That you're kind of he he has these that's really a hot good seasons. Yeah, but at this point, I mean, with the way the Mavs are going, that doesn't seem super realistic. I mean, he's been really good, but I just he's never been his team hasn't been good enough to to win the MVP. And yeah, I mean, I think there almost could become like reverse voter fatigue is that we don't give it to Giannis for a few years and everyone's kind of like, okay, it's Giannis, you know, it's Giannis's turn again, as they Correct. are saying now with Embiid, it's Embiid's turn. And I think people go into it saying, you know, if Giannis has another MVP season, that's six in a row, like cal- MVP caliber season. Let's give him like he can have another one, you know, unless someone blatantly is better than him and there's no argument against it. It's like especially too. I mean, and we don't know what's going to happen in these playoffs, but let's say let's say the Bucks go out and win the title again or even even if they don't win the title. Let's say that, you know, they go into the playoffs. Giannis plays better than anyone else in the playoffs and is still even like last year. They lost in the second round, but the play, the playoffs still showed that Giannis was the best in the world. You know, took the Celtics to seven without Chris and was just amazing in that series. And it's like, if he goes and does that again, you know, either wins a title or gets close and still like shows just how dominant he is and Embiid and Jokic, you know, don't win the finals or don't make it to the finals or whatever. It's like, you know, again, there's going to be no, like everyone kind of will just at that point go into the season saying, yeah, we know who the best player in the world is. And assuming he stays healthy, assuming the Bucks are one of the best teams, it'll just be like, all right, give it to him. You know, I'll give you the guy that just came up as we were, as you were talking about the guy that could get it next year. Let's say it's Phoenix, Milwaukee, Phoenix wins. I think KD if healthy next year with the Suns, and they go win 60 games or whatever. I think Kevin Durant is the guy that they're going to be looking for to get the MVP award to. If they win the trophy in Phoenix and beat Milwaukee in the finals, and then they come back and have a monster year in Phoenix again. And KD is relatively healthy. I think he would be the next guy up for MVP before Giannis outside of KD. I don't know who else. And you know, KD is going to want that series big time if it's Phoenix Milwaukee to have his shot at beating Milwaukee again after blowing it uh, the last couple of times. So it'll be interesting. All right, uh, moving on. He shared a story Giannis did with Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report about his time in the NBA Orlando bubble in the summer of 2020. Quote, in 2019, it was hard. I was hooping all year, but I made it successful. Then we went to the bubble. I left my family, my newborn kid, but it was worth it. That's what I see in those MVP trophies. I see the struggle. Do I wish to get one more? 100%. The goal is to play in an MVP level. Now, I could play at an MVP level and never be blessed with another MVP. That's okay. I see things before it happens. I manifest it in my mind. I remember when we lost in the bubble to Miami and everybody was saying we fell short again and all that other stuff. But I remember this. When we left our families for the bubble in an environment that nobody enjoyed, I sprained my ankle three times in a row before I was about to sign the largest contract in NBA history. And I'm begging my GM and my coach to let me play the game. That's all I remember. I never quit. When I went back home, I was able to hug my kid and look my family in the eyes. I was able to walk in the street with my head held high because I knew even for those last 10 minutes before I sprained my ankle, I gave everything I had. I remember telling you, talking about Chris Haynes, Chris, we can sit here all day and whine about what did happen, what did not happen. I could try to go to the easy route and leave. And I told you I see a wall and I go right through it. 
What happened next year? There was a wall and I went right through it. We won the championship. And now there's this wall that is called the narrative of an MVP. I'm going to go right through that wall too, said Giannis. Folks, again, there's just so much good stuff here. I just, just every time you read a quote of Giannis, you just smile as a Bucks fan with pride. Like that's our dude, man. He he's wearing Milwaukee across his chest uh, and talking about that whole bubble narrative. And people want to say, well, that was a fake championship by the Lakers because of all the surrounding circumstances or whatever. Call it what you will. But it wasn't just leaving the family and everything else. You also had the 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 cop shooting that happened in Kenosha. You had them sitting out a game because of George Hill. They ended up sitting out a game. And they were the kind of the centerpiece of all the controversy in the bubble was around this Bucks basketball team. And say whatever you want, but that was a big distraction to a lot of dudes in that locker room. And Giannis obviously was well aware of everything that was going on and was in the middle of it, very well could have said, I'm done. Like, I'm sick of all this crap. I'm going home. I'm I'm done. We're done. I'm done, and I'm out of here. And he didn't, like he said. And the even bigger point that he points out is he had, on the precipice, the largest contract of his life. And if he would have blown out his ankle or done something horrific, it could have came back to really bite him in the butt, and he refused to quit at that point, Nathan. And I think that is something that is lost when talking about Giannis. Yeah, and that's the whole, you know, the whole thing you just read is basically him saying, look, the way I am, I will never quit regardless of anything that ever happens. I will never stop giving 100%, never stop, you know, go, go, go all the time. And, you know, just saying, like, I've had these obstacles. I've had these things that I've had to go through throughout my entire career, you know, entire life. And I've always just gone through them. I've always taken the hard route, gone through them not shied away from it and just kept on going, going, going. And he's like, you know, it's just another thing. Like they're not, they don't want to give me, you know, the respect that I believe I deserve. Okay. Well, I'm going to make, I'm going to get, as I said before, like he just feels like I'm going to keep going to the point where they have to, they have no choice. And it's like, that's the thing, you know, again, I think that's what he loves to do. And he would just, he'd love to get to a point where it's like, yeah, they have no choice, but to give me another one. They have no choice, but to respect me. And, you know, put me in these conversations again and again and again. And yeah, I mean, that bubble, as you said, like he, he got hurt several times and, you know, he still was like, he wanted to play. He wanted to, to keep going. And it's like, they were down three Oh in the series. And in game four, he gets hurt and still wanted to come back in. And it's like, dude, you're down three Oh, like we're not winning the series, you know, just sit out. Like, it's fine. Um, you know, it's clearly just not our year and things just kind of have spiraled. Like, and he just doesn't want to quit. And I think he's kind of letting us know that, Hey, like what you guys always take from my failure, isn't what I take from my failure. Like you guys see us fail. And it's like, you know, there, there's a lot of talk about, Oh, he, he's going to want to leave and he's going to, you know, Giannis failed and yada, yada, yada. And in his mind, he's like, no, like I can, I can look at me failing and, or, or having some obstacle in front of me and say, you know, Hey, we, we can work through this. Like this isn't something that has to just derail us and be some huge turning point. It can be something that actually makes you better and actually, you know, you can work to get past. And you know, I think, again, it's just a reminder to us that like what, what we always see as that, like as him failing or what, what we have seen as him failing, he's seen more as like, this was actually a positive. This was actually something good. All right. Last quote I uh, hear. Uh, and this is a, a good one. 
Uh, I'm extremely blessed to have two MVPs, Giannis told Bleacher Report. I could pull out a lot of facts and data to make a case for myself on why I feel people are discrediting my game, but I'm here to win a championship and that goal will never change. I will never go out here to create a narrative and say, I'm this, I'm that. I'm the most handsome guy and you should look this way because I'm the coolest. No, that's not me. I really believe from the bottom of my heart that eventually I'll get another one. Until then, I'm trying to get that second ring. Now, I will say this. Those people that are anti-Giannis, and there are some, will say if he didn't want all of this conversation and talk and considering him begging and so forth, why do the interview with Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report? Why go on telling everybody that you don't want to be begging for the MVP and so forth, yet the entire piece is really much, pretty much talking about how you believe you have deserved another MVP for the last five years and kind of haven't gotten it. So aren't you essentially doing what you say that you won't do and refuse to do going forward? What do you say to that, Nathan? I mean, I don't, I don't think any of this is him begging. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I think, I think he's genuinely just saying like, and, and the problem is you can, you can cut it up and find quotes that make it look like he's begging and say, you know, he says, do I want another one? Yeah, absolutely. I want another one and yada, yada. And if you just saw that, you'd say, oh, wow, he's really just saying he wants an MVP. Like he, he really needs that and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, then if you read a little bit longer, he's like, you know, but my, my goal, my ultimate goal is winning a title and yada, yada. Like, I don't, I don't think he's doing this as a, he's not trying to campaign. He's not trying to, you know, change people's minds or whatever. I think it's just, you know, and, and I don't know how these interviews work. Like, I don't know if he, I'm sure he like, he's asked, he's obviously asked to the interview. Sure. And then he could do it or not do it. And he can also, he also has the opportunity to go, Chris, I'm not talking about the MVP award. If you want to do the interview about something else, that's cool. But I'm not talking about the MVP award. He could have said that. But instead, based on Chris Haynes, it's when Chris told him, you talk about the MVP. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm pissed about that. Let's let's go over here. I want to I want to talk about it somewhere else where I get more comfortable. Uh, and he took yes. him into a different room where family and friends were uh, and did the interview there. So clearly he wanted to have the conversation with somebody. Haynes caught him on a day when he was fired up to talk about it and he did the interview. But again, to those naysayers of Giannis who think Giannis is fake or whatever because he never does anything wrong. They could point out if you didn't want to talk about it, why don't you just tell Chris Haynes, I'm not talking about the MVP award. And let's talk about the team that that could be on the other side of it. I think he's not saying he doesn't want to talk about it. He's saying he's not going to go like begging and campaigning and all that. He's going to, he's going to like, he'll say what he believes. He's going to just say, yeah, I, you know, I do believe I've been the best player for five years. I think I've, you know, deserve those M- or at least, you know, a couple MVPs and whatever, and, you know, none of what he said was false. None of what he said was like, you know, him making stuff up. And it's like he was his 2018 and 19 were worse than he was the past three seasons. He's gotten better as time has gone on. That's a fact. And you know, he won MVP those first two and then didn't win it the three years he was actually better. Um, so that it's just like him kind of saying, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I believe I should have it. But I mean, it. the thing is, you have to take into account the whole second part of what he's saying, which is really the more important part. He's saying, yeah, I believe I should win it, but I just want, like, I, I'm, I, I'll get it down the road. It's fine. I'm going to work. Like I'm going to eventually get past it. I know I will. We're going to win the title right now. Like that's our focus. But it, I mean, to me, it's almost more of a piece when I read it, I looked at it more and I, I saw more of, we're going to win the title and we're, you know, I'm going to get past this rather than 
I want the MVP now and I, I deserve the MVP and blah, blah, blah. Like I, I thought it was just as much him talking about what he's going to do in the future to get to, to basically just kind of almost a warning to the league of like, I'm going to get, I'm going to do exactly what you guys say I can't do again as it was him talking about like this MVP and needing another MVP. That's, that's how I took it. All right. One, uh, one other topic besides this one. Uh, and that is how much pressure is on the bucks to win the championship this season uh, with an interesting offseason looming, right? I mean, we're talking about Middleton uh, with his ability to opt out and then sign a new contract, uh, whether it be with the Bucks or with somebody else. Uh, Brooke Lopez also in his free agent walk here uh, as well, whether he decides to sign with the Bucks for less money or if he decides to go get one more big contract uh, and play somewhere else with somebody with a lot of uh, money out there. And how much of this is going to result in if they win a championship or not, right? If they're coming off a championship, now Brooke has two rings. Middleton has two rings. How much does that affect them going to get the money versus staying and playing for another ring once they have two? Don't know. How much of it will affect if they get knocked out in the playoffs before they get to the NBA Finals versus if they go to the NBA Finals and they lose in seven to Phoenix? And how much will those guys want to come back uh, and play? I think there is some additional pressure here. And I, I don't necessarily know if it's spoken pressure with inside the locker room one way or the other, where these guys are thinking about, you know, what if these guys aren't back, but I think in Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton's mind, not knowing what the future holds, probably there is a little additional pressure for them. Like this may be our last run with these guys. Let's try and get this thing done uh, and, and play at a high level. And that could be good or that could be bad. I, I think for this Bucks team, I think it'll be good. Because I think it's going to ratchet up a little, uh, a little bit even more than it would be with Brooke and Middleton. Brooke's having an outstanding year. He's going to get paid big, whether it be with the Bucks or somebody else. Uh, Middleton, you know, he's got to stay healthy. If he misses playoff games, then he's going to cost himself money. Obviously, uh, this summer, if he decides to opt out, and that may be the deciding factor of if he can't finish the postseason healthy, maybe he opts in for one more year and then tries to have a healthy season and, and then go into free agency at that point. Uh, but so for me, I, I think there is pressure. Uh, on those two guys, uh, maybe not on the locker room, but on those two guys. Now, whether that ever becomes spoken word inside a locker room in a pregame or a halftime or a postgame, and it's actually verbally said amongst everyone, I don't know. Uh, but I, I would think internally those two are thinking about it, Nathan. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely extra pressure here. I mean, it's just one of those seasons where like you don't know when it'll be this good of a chance again. And it very well could be, we very well could have several more chances like this, but you just don't know you like it's, it's an uncertainty and, you know, guys are getting a little bit older. You don't know what's going to happen with these guys in free agency and all that. It's just one of those things that you really want to try to take advantage while you, you know, have this good of a team, have these guys playing this well, you know, you've got prime Giannis, Brooke is playing as good as he's been with the bucks. Drew's playing as good as he's been with the bucks. Um, Chris obviously injured, but like he's when he was out there, he looked pretty good. He's um, hopefully going to be at least close to his his you know best self. And yeah, it's just it's you never want to lose a in a season like this. Last year sucked because it was kind of out of your control. You know, Chris gets hurt, and it's just like dang. But you, it'd be different if you lose, and it's you know okay, we actually squandered a chance. We actually you know had a chance to win and lost, and it's that's a little bit different than just, okay, well, we didn't have Chris Middleton and I don't know. I think it could change some things going forward. If they do lose, I don't, I don't know. It, it just, it, it definitely 
kind of like I've, I've always been of the mindset since we won it in 2021 that, hey, let's ride it out until someone beats us, you know, until someone proves they can beat us fully healthy when we have everyone and, you know, everyone's at least close to their best. You know, they, they haven't lost. They won it in 2021 and 2022. They got hurt. Okay, well, we're running it back in 2023. And so, yeah, it it's just one of those things that like this, I don't think it's the last, the last, you know, dance with these guys, but I'm just saying, you don't want to waste a very, very good chance. I think this is the deepest team they've had of the Bud era. I think it's the best overall team, yep. you know, Bucks team of my lifetime, honestly. Um, and I just, you know, you you really want to take advantage of that and, you know, not let anything happen and, and try to win another title while you can. Because, again, you just don't – you just never know how many of these opportunities you're going to get. In I'll tell you something else. And all that. What's up? With this CBA, and I tweeted this out, poking fun at the whole Jimmy Haslam situation, the Browns owner buying Lazarus stock because Haslam pointed out that this thing isn't done still, that they still don't have the paperwork done or whatever. It's not done. And when that new CBA agreement came out talking about players could own shares of teams, I was like, perfect. Don't sell to Haslam, sell to Giannis. Let Giannis be part owner of this team with Wesley Edens. He'll buy the the shares from Lazarus. Giannis forever a Bucks owner and let, let him kind of run things or helping run things going forward. I would be all in favor of Giannis being a legit owner. He's got a, he's a minority owner in the Brewers. I understand that. I'm saying having a legit share uh, in this Bucks franchise when he's done playing, uh, I think would be a pretty cool deal. I mean, I'm not worried about him moving it to Greece. I'm not worried about him moving the team anywhere else. Uh, the man is beloved. And anytime that man need, needs something from this fan base, you know darn right well they're going to do it because they're going to view him differently than they view any other owner in sports because he's so beloved here. Similar to, I think, if Jordan ever owned the Bulls, it, it would have been the same type of deal. Or if LeBron owned the Cavs, that's he would do whatever LeBron asked him to do in order to make that Cavs team better. I think it would be one way to keep Giannis connected to Milwaukee, the city, the organization, and so forth going forward if they gave him some type of legitimate share within this team. Give him the keys to the city. I don't care. Give him, give him everything. You should. <laughs> I don't care. That dude, whatever, whatever he wants to own, he can own. And yeah, I mean, he's he's the king. He's the he's the whole thing runs because of him. So yeah, no doubt. He is Nathan Marzian. He is the king of Marquette fandom and Bucks fandom. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we'll be back later in the week, like always. Have a good one. Toodles. 